Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Five Star Movie Podcast, a movie podcast from two guys who are just trying to win the last game of the year and who sometimes watch movies. I am Ryan Hurley, and I am here, as always, my esteemed co-host. Actually, I don't think I'm here tonight. I'm wondering if you could just send me the box score after our podcast to let me know how it went. Yeah, uh, you're, you're gone. You're just, uh, you were just working out while we played the game. I figured I would just go do some uh, lap pull-downs for three hours. Yes. Just a, a, you're, you're driving to see the uh, minor league team in Visalia. Uh, and the, as I pot alone, you're just listening to it on the radio. I'll probably do some bench press, run on the treadmill, and go on Amazon to find my daughter a guitar. Exactly. Hey, but guess what? You're going to look fucking sick while you work out. I'm going to look dope, and then I'm going to call my guy, Mark Shapiro, and <laughs> just see what's up. You know, Sam Wolf Cool is here, by the way. I forgot to say my name. I'm here. Yeah, in a good Sam, mood, ready to be. Getting ready to trade for Ricardo Rincon. I'm, I need a lefty out of the bullpen. Um, you know, I might have to face Damon in the playoffs. I don't know how. I got to figure out a way to get him out. You got to you gotta get out of the divisional round first, though. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Well, as uh, as you all could tell, we've watched Moneyball. We're ready to go. We're ready to talk about the 2012 Oscars ceremony. Um, fun, weird batch of nine movies. I, maybe not fun, but weird batch of nine movies. Uh, but first, what have you been watching lately, Wolf? I've watched a few 2020 releases recently. The only one I want to mention is this movie called Run, which I don't know if you know what this is, but it's a new thriller by the director of Searching, which I don't know. Have you seen that movie or heard of it? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It's the same director as that, and it's about this uh, girl who is in a wheelchair who lives with her mom who starts to suspect that, like, her mom is up to something, like, sinister, and, like, it involves her. And it's just, like, a really tight 90 minutes. The, like, this director makes very, like, intimate... Like I, I I feel like I maybe I think tight is like honestly the right word for it where like you only get like only so much during the thriller like with searching you're kind of just like stuck on the computer with uh, with uh, John Cho what's his name and then in this movie you're stuck in the wheelchair with the daughter for most of the movie so you only really get to see what she sees but then like you're let in on little things here and there but it's just a really fun movie and I really I really would recommend it I I really enjoyed it. How was uh, Sarah Paulson in the movie? Sarah Paulson can only play one character anymore. Uh, <laughs> and it's someone who has like some really weird, dark past, but you don't know it until you get to know her character more. Just a woman that is seems normal on the surface, yeah. and then like halfway in, she's just going insane. Do you remember when she was like the eighth build in the post? Yeah. She's like, she's like Tom Hanks' wife, isn't yeah. she? <laughs> Yeah, that was like I was like, oh, I thought she was like I think I I think I saw the post like around the time I had watched uh, O.J. Simpson like the trial. I can't think of the name of it. Whatever, who cares? People you know versus O.J. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Sarah Paulson, big deal. She's a really big deal. And then she was like the eighth most important person in a movie I didn't like. And I was like, <laughs> all right, maybe not. Yeah, like, but 
Great job, Sarah. You you did well, at least. It's like, all right, well, The Post. I remember seeing that movie. I went to, like, a really weird showing, like, super late at night. It was on, like, a fr- like a Saturday, but I was like, I want to see this movie, and I didn't like the movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was, a, that was like, an awkward one, because that's, like, a, it's very much like a parent's movie, I feel like. So, like, I went and saw that, like, with my dad, and he's like, Post. That was really good. And I'm like, eh, it's okay. It's fine. (laughs) That actually, okay, I have a different movie here I wanted to talk about. But actually, I watched this movie with my dad, my mom, and my girlfriend. And it's always like with my dad. I I think he sneakily has seen a bunch of movies from like the 80s and 90s. But like, I don't know what they are. And he'll always rewatch them. But I always try to find new things. So... (laughs) Oh my god, this was such a weird choice. We watched this movie that I think was originally a TV movie called The Lake Shift. Uh-huh. Have you ever heard of this? Um, I'm going to look it up on Letterboxd. The the name sounds familiar. It's about the period of time right after Johnny Carson decided to like be done on the Tonight Show where they were trying to figure out if it was going to be Jay Leno or David Letterman. Mhm. And the movie focuses on how like Jay Leno's agent was like crazy and like did anything she could to get Leno on the show and like how Letterman was just like really pissed off at NBC and was like he just wanted to have his own 1130 slot and the best part of the movie is Leno and Letterman both like absolutely hate the movie like they both were like fuck this movie and then the person who played Jay Leno's agent was like shown to be like crazy and like an awful person and she like sued the movie and yeah it was it was weird like my girlfriend was like who are these people like who who, like what is this movie about and like my dad was into it like i kind of understood what was going on my mom seemed to like it it was awesome (laughs) the late i didn't like the movie i thought it was boring but the late shift i saw when you logged it and i was like i am i am genuinely shocked that he watched this movie (laughs) The late I'll watch anything, man. I'm all in. I'll I'll watch any movie you put in front of me. I'm like, let's do it. Why not? Like late shift, fire it up. Like it's like an hour and a half. Kathy Bates is in it. Why not? <laughs> it's gotta be at least something fun in there. It it was uh well we had someone we had Daniel Roebuck doing his like Jay Leno impression, which was nauseating. But um I don't even like Jay Leno like <laughs> No, no impersonator. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> but you know, I watched it. I'll watch any movie, man. I, I've wa- I watched a ton of movies recently. Like I was all in. Why not? <laughs> May as well. Hey, it 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 contributes to that like number on Letterboxd, and that's oh all you God. need. That number that's is me. high. <laughs> that's that's how like I convinced myself to watch some of these some of these Oscar movies today. Like just really not looking forward to watching extremely loud incredibly or how extremely loud and incredibly close and i'm like you know what you're you're gonna be you're gonna get to another number on on letterboxd and this is gonna be one of them like there you go full disclosure i did not watch that movie but i own it and i got it for a dollar at like a shitty little store at (laughs) at an outlet mall I was like digging through like these dollar movies and it was a bunch of like, it was like eight different copies of movies I've never heard of. And then it was just extremely loud and incredibly close. And I was like, didn't this get nominated for an Oscar? So I grabbed it. And then I was reading the reviews and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, we will not be we will not be discussing it today. I was like, whoa, people hate this movie. Yeah, it. Um, there's uh, this is the only thing I want to say about that movie. There's literally a moment where so Max von Sydow plays like this old man that this kid runs into, and it's too long of a story to like explain. How, but like basically, he's just like, I think you're my dad's dad. So what I'm gonna do is bring you over to my apartment and play voicemails that my dad left while he was dying in 9-11. And I'm going to see if that makes you admit you're my grandpa. Wow. Like watching it, like, what if I would, I would get up and fucking walk out. I don't care if this kid is my grandson or not. I'm like, fuck you. I'm not listening to you play somebody dying in 9-11. Wow. That sounds, (laughs) I don't know when I'll watch that movie, but wow. (laughs) <laughs> Holy shit! It's, uh, I, I suggest you do it like I did, which is just put it on in the background while you work. <laughs> you know, you could kind of, could kind of check out and do something else if you need to. <laughs> what have you been watching lately besides uh, extremely loud, incredibly loud, or close? Well, speaking of um, putting it on while I work, I uh, put on Spencer Confidential, the 2020 movie with Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Oh boy, was it really bad! No. It was not good. I would I would not recommend Spencer Confidential at all. Um, but then on the good side of things, I did watch the first uh, episode, or I I don't know what you want to call them, like episode movies, whatever the thing like Steve McQueen is releasing on Amazon Prime. I watched the first one called Mangrove. It's got um, Letitia Wright and. Um, uh, a few other like people you'll probably recognize. Um, and it's kind of like, ironically, it's like very similar in a lot of ways to um, trial of the Chicago seven, where it's like these people that own this restaurant are experiencing like racism and then they take them to court and they try and like build a case around, you know, try to get them out of trouble by like displaying the racism that was happening it's uh I would say better than Trial of the Chicago Seven. Hmm. So I would definitely, definitely recommend it. It was really good. I was like, damn, I was tired when I started this, but now I'm now I'm locked in. That's cool. Amazon Prime seems to be like kind of like curating their own stuff at this point. It's kinda cool. They like pretty good with movies, I feel like. Oh you yeah. You know, like th- that when they really get behind a movie, you're like, oh, good, good job, guys. But, like, they just don't have those, like, signature TV shows, you know? Yeah. Like, they they did that thing. I mean, they're doing that thing with, uh, with like, Blumhouse where they, mm-hmm. they had four movies released and they have four more coming. Like, that's kind of a cool little area to get into. I mean, people love – like, people really like Blumhouse movies. They're, they're very easy to watch if you like horror. And then they have this new movie coming called I'm Your Woman. I don't know if you know anything about this movie, but I saw a trailer for it recently. It just like seems like a fun movie, and and you know Amazon will buy movies like they bought Late Night last year, which I thought was pretty yeah. good, and Britney Runs a Marathon, which that movie's like. But <laughs> I mean, it's still cool that like Netflix. I mean, that Prime is like. I agree though on the TV show they have like The Boys, which I know people like. I kind of liked it. I just That's didn't true. get it. I just couldn't fully get into it, and yeah, but I'm not the one to ask about TV. <laughs> I can't yeah. get into anything. <laughs> the Boys, like, I think if you're really into superhero movies, it's a good tv show to watch but like i know you and i are both like 
kind of tired of it of those. So like, even though it's kind of making fun of superhero stuff, it's and it's not something I'm gonna watch. But yeah, like that is probably the best TV thing. But yeah, like I do also like the Amazon with their movies. Will just be like, yeah, we're releasing all of these in theaters if we can. Like, I'm pretty sure like Manchester by the Sea was an Amazon Studios mm-hmm. movie. So was the big sick, like, I think. Yeah, and it's like awesome. Like we, it's not even like these people had to like plead with Amazon, like, please put it in theaters. They were just like, yeah, it's going in theaters and it'll be on prime. Uh, if it doesn't make money. <laughs> yeah. That's like that. I'm your woman movie. Like I have like a little indie theater close to me that, that that'll be playing there. That theater close to me seems to get a bunch of like movies that are about to be on Netflix. Like I was able to see Mank already there and they're going to have Ma Rainey's black bottom there this weekend. Oh, nice. so like they just have everything like, early it's basically like okay do i want to see this on netflix or do i want to just go spend like 11 dollars at the theater it'll depend on the movie for sure i'm so jealous you've already seen mank i'm so excited i can't wait till this friday that'll be fun it's a good one i don't want to say too much about it but i think you'll enjoy it i'm 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 absolutely pumped definitely gonna watch it like first thing on friday after i get off work Watch it. Watch it before work. Get up early. <laughs> early, as in uh, you like know what? you could just watch it before you go to bed. Yeah, exactly. You That's what I'm thinking. You could literally like on Thursday, like before you even go to bed for like to wake up on Friday. You could just watch it. Oh, true. That's true. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll, uh, uh, I'll I'll watch I'll watch Citizen Kane during work, and then <laughs> and then I'll watch I'll watch Mank. Uh, make before bed that's a good idea you totally could i i i didn't realize i could exploit being on pacific time in the east coast in this way (laughs) until now you can you can really kill it (laughs) the the world is my oyster this reminds me of when i when when the first season of stranger things came out and i was super excited and so i just started it at like 2 a.m i was like screw it i'm up here we go (laughs) But I'm going to do it with Mank this year. I like it. You got a quick question for us? So in honor of everyone posting their Spotify wrapped, because we all are deeply invested in what everyone else is listening to, what are some of your movie highlights for the year? Are there any movies that stand out that you saw or like any movie-related moments that you're like, that was a good moment for 2020? Um, as far as like 2020 releases, like – the last dance being released hell yes that was awesome that just like made me feel good for five weeks at the beginning of quarantine um and i i have not been as happy about anything that's come out since then except for david burns american utopia that's that's another really great one on in on hbo max uh once again just like it felt good for two hours and i was like Ah, this is this is what it's like in pandemic. And then I think as far as just like movies that um I've watched that uh are not 2020 releases but that I just watched you know in in quarantine or in 2020, um Red Shoes has definitely been like a highlight for me. Uh I can't stop talk- talking about that movie and um I really liked watching broadcast news too. I uh, 
yeah, so those were probably the highlights for me. What about Nell? Nell was not a. Uh, I, I I will not be discussing Nell much in my life from here on out. <laughs> uh, I like Nell was tough. I like I like those highlights. Those are those are strong. I think for me, twenty twenty wise, I enjoyed like the first like two and a half months of the year when I was like actually going to movies every Thursday and like seeing like whatever was out. Like that was fun. Generally, see anything good, but you know what? Like <laughs> it was fun. It was like, oh, this is gonna be a great thing to like, to, like get in the habit of doing. And then that didn't happen. But I, I hope to get back into the habit someday. Yeah, it'll it'll happen again. It'll it'll happen again. It just we've been waylaid for God. It feels like for forever. Uh, I hope so. I'm I'm looking forward to when it does happen again. Um, I've just enjoyed like really honing my like movie knowledge like i've seen like oh i think i was looking at my list today i've seen over 600 new movies this year so like i feel like i can kind of like go toe-to-toe with like a lot of different types of people when it comes to movies but yeah it still pisses me off to this day when like i'm like oh i haven't seen x movie that someone saw when they were four years old and i still get hit with the you haven't seen that and i'm like yeah i know I'm like, You're like no. shut up. It's like, I'm sorry, I haven't seen that. No. Have you seen anything that's come out in the last decade? No? Okay, you can stop. You're good. Yeah. Like, I'm good like with you. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you should just respond by being like, oh, you haven't seen Nell? <laughs> it's on HBO Max. I, I get hit. I'm trying to think of what I got hit with recently. But, like, I got hit with, like, Big Daddy recently. I haven't seen Big Daddy. And I'm like, why would I why like like I get that it's probably like a fun movie, but like why would I fire up Big Daddy right now? Yeah, like what what is so good about Big Daddy where you're like sitting there on like a Wednesday and you're like, there's a multitude of things I could watch, but Big Daddy's the thing right now. <laughs> uh yeah, I think it was just like a really fun year for movies with me. The, my one regret is early in the year I came up with this great idea of making a list of all the movies I watch in the year and I will never do that again. <laughs> that was <laughs> awful. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of movies, especially this year. It was awful, but I'm proud of myself. I feel like I saw a lot of like really good famous like capital M movies that um that I think are important to watch as someone who wants to like know a lot about movies and I also think I've like kind of honed like my genres that like all this fire up and like I'm in for two hours. Like I watched Upgrade this week and mm-hmm. like I didn't think it was like the best movie ever made, but like I'm in. Like a movie that basically is just trying yeah. to be an eighties action movie. Okay, sure. Like, <laughs> you got me. Yeah. <laughs> I think another highlight too for me has been just going through all the Oscar movies mm-hmm. on the show. Like uh even though some of them are a real drag, like the fact that I can say that I've seen every single Oscars movie released between the years 2001 and or 2000 and um uh 2011 like that's aw- that's like an awesome feeling i had a fun idea for us post getting ourselves through the rest of these oscar years what if we started what if we instead of going back in time to do like all the oscars what if we did like movie clubs on the oscar winners that would be fun i'm definitely down to do that like we could kind of 
lighten our load a little bit too. Yeah, like we could go back all the way to the first one. Start with uh, Wings. I think it's the first Oscar win, and we can go mm-hmm. from there. Yeah. I mean, that'd be cool for me. There's a lot of a uh, lot, lot of movies I've missed. I think I've seen 37 of the 92 Oscar winners. So there's definitely like a huge hole for me there. Yeah, and we're 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 quickly shuffling through this. I mean, as as long as we keep doing this, like. I, I I feel like we can get there pretty easily. It's getting it's getting caught up to the 2020 Oscars. Uh, that's gonna be the big part. Yeah, like we're getting to the point where like all these movies are like new enough where like I definitely had a chance to see them, and there's like probably <laughs> some sort of mental block for why I haven't seen a certain movie yet. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, this is not like a movie I would be into, so then I just skipped it. You know, mm-hmm. I completely agree. So we just got to power through. I'm excited, though. But are you ready to start talk about this Oscars? I am. I think that's a perfect segue into the 2012 Oscars. Uh, the nominees for Best Picture. We only had nine this year. Thank God. Uh, it was The Artist, The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which uh, we will not be discussing much today. Uh, the Help, Hugo... Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, The Tree of Life, and War Horse. Wow. Uh, we each have our own five, list of five. Uh, do you want to start us off with your number five, Wolf? My number five is The Artist. Okay, that, for all intents and purposes, is my number five as well, because mine technically is The, the Tree of Life, but it's kind of interchangeable with The Artist. Tree of Life and War Horse for me. So let's do The Artist at five. <laughs> I I liked The Artist. I don't think The Artist should have been nominated for a Best Picture, nor do I think it should have won Best Picture. But I think The Artist is really... It, I actually thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was a cool ode to, like, you know, the era of Hollywood when there were silent films. And it really wasn't that bad of a hang. Not a bad watch. But I just, like... I expect my movies to have sound. It was like really, really hard for me to like fully invest myself in it. Yeah, like it's it's like what an hour forty. It's pretty light. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. There's like dance numbers. There's some good jokes. There's a cute dog in it. Like it doesn't linger on any one thing for too long. But it feels so weird that it won Best Picture, and like. I don't know. I feel like, um, like I, I liked it. I saw it like when it first came out. And I liked it when I was younger, and then now, like, it just feels very low impact to me. You know, like, I mean, we just went through all like the two thousands Oscars. We're we're like, were we that depraved of as a society of like, man, like, I miss when movies were like this that we had to like reward yeah. the silent film. Yeah. It, it's just so weird. And then, like, also just to think, like, you could, like, this was well into the streaming era. Like, just fire up the gold rush. Like, this is not as, this is not nearly as good as, like, a Charlie Chaplin movie. Like, no. just fire up one of those, you know? Like, watch some Buster Keaton. Like, you, you don't need this. No, I agree. But, like, I think I told you in a text, like, I feel like this movie if it didn't win an Oscar, it would have been like a cool, like kind of like time capsule movie. You come back, like you, you, you just randomly 
think about this movie as like, oh, remember that like random silent movie they made like 10 years ago? Like, what was that? That was kind of cool, though. Yeah. Like, what? Like, really? But nope. Yeah. It's not its legacy. Yeah. Like the the like outsized importance of it being a best picture winner now, like is like a big knock against this. I feel like it, it, it was really only like this awards juggernaut because like Harvey Weinstein was really like flexing his muscles again. For sure like just really campaigning boy i can't wait till we get to 2017 where we're done with that shit where harvey (laughs) weinstein's like let me just take a mediocre movie and through my outsized influence in hollywood make it an an awards contender just because i feel like it i agree do you mind if we go to the oscars that's my only remaining point yeah yeah let's not linger on this too long this had 10 nominations five wins they love this movie at the oscars my god um, the one I wanted to hone in on because it's just so weird is the best actor in the leading role, Don uh, John Duhardin, uh, uh, won for this. He was the lead in the artist. The other nominees were Demian Bashir in A Better Life, George Clooney in The Descendants, uh, Gary Oldman in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and Brad Pitt in Moneyball. Uh, how in the hell is this not Clooney or Pitt? I think this is like. This is peak chewing on the scenery, Brad Pitt, and it's peak depressed as hell, George Clooney. Like I don't understand yeah. what they, what more do they need? Were they just like splitting votes so much that they were like, you know what? Let's give it to the guy that didn't say one fucking word this whole movie. I know, like <laughs> John Goodman has more lines than him in the movie. <laughs> like I, I don't get it. I, I, I recognized the the guy, but I, I didn't think I knew. I don't think I knew his name until I watched the artist. I, I I just think it's so weird that he won for this. Like, I mean, I know, like, silent acting is kind of, like, a different kind of acting, but, like, basically it's just more over-exaggerated. You know, like, I do I think that, like, do I think that his acting when he's, like, in, in this movie is, is as good at any point as, like, George Clooney, uh, like going over to the his wife's um like lover's house at, at any point do i think john duhardin is even close to that good no i don't it's, like, it's funny that you like mentioned like silent film acting because there's a quote from james cromwell in this movie about how he just like just like did all of his lines like with sound and they just like took the sound out <laughs> <laughs> i like I, I almost wonder, like, did they, like, <laughs> decide to do it silent, like, after the fact? Oh. <laughs> like, they were like, they were like, the dialogue was bad. <laughs> Let's make it silent. <laughs> Can I ask you one more question about silent films? Yes, absolutely. Do you think Precious would have been better as a silent film? <laughs> oh, man. I, honestly, yes. Like, I, I, I don't need, like, mo- if if precious if precious is a silent film, we don't have like Monique monologuing about how like the world didn't give her enough. I agree. Would have been a better. Would have been a better <laughs> film. What is your number five? My number five was the artist. So we'll, oh, we'll move on. My number four is Hugo. Yes. Do you have Hugo on That's your list? On my list. All right, we'll we'll punt to your number four then. Midnight in Paris. That's higher on. That's your list. that's higher on my list. Uh, my number three is The Descendants. Where's The Descendants? Right on at yours? three. All right, let's do The Descendants then. The Alexander Payne movie. 
starring uh, George Clooney, Shailene Woodley. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I love Alexander Payne's stuff. I feel like this is one of his best. Um, and George Clooney is just so fucking good in this movie. Like, it, I and I always kind of remembered it as kind of like a funny performance or like kind of a funny movie, but you're watching it this time. I'm like, damn, this is depressing. <laughs> but it's just super good. And now I want to travel to Hawaii. It's incredible that Shailene Woodley gets cast in this movie as an avid uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager fan. You would not think she's like a great actress from watching that show, but like she's very good in The Descendants. Yeah, yeah. You watch this and you're like, shit, she's awesome. Who is like this? she's really good and it's really funny because she's making the show during this time and the writer out they like make her go to like <laughs> they make her go to a to a band camp for like girls that have had like kids in high school but that's besides the point <laughs> they send her to band camp on hawaii and i would uh that basically what they did is they were like you gotta go make this movie and you know what i really like the descendants i remember i watched the descendants like when i lived at home uh, after college for like a few months i would like pick random nights and like make a big point of like paying for a specific movie that i was like you know what like this looks really good. Like I did it with like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and I also did it with The Descendants, and I was not disappointed. Definitely like a little bit of a tough watch. Like it's a downer of a movie at times. Yeah, but it's just so like the like the scenery is just so beautiful. As someone who had like lived in Hawaii for for a couple of years, it was like it was kind of cool to like see that environment again from like what I could remember, what I've seen in pictures, um, and it was just like a fun like. Just a great George Clooney performance. Like, this was Clooney, like, really coming into his own as, like, the older, like, a little, maybe a little past middle-aged man and, like, what his, what his like, career was going to look like at, from this point forward. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the first, like, dad Clooney movie. Maybe, maybe one of the only ones he's done. But, like, he's just so good and, like, it's so... I, I love him interacting with all the cousins and like, you know, like having this, he's like the real estate lawyer mm -hmm. and he's having to figure out this whole uh, deal and like trying to, trying to figure them out. And then like, he just basically can't discipline his kids because he's too much of a pushover. And then like trying to control all these emotions of, about like finding out his wife cheated on him and dealing with, with her family. Like, he has, he has to do a mm -hmm. lot in this movie, and he's just really good. Oh, it's Alexander Payne? You know what? Yeah, that doesn't... Mm -hmm. Like, I've been trying to do a lot of that recently in my head, is being like, okay, these movies are the same director. Do I believe that? Do I believe that Sideways and the Descendants are the same director? Yes. <laughs> and Nebraska? Yes. <laughs> like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, this in Nebraska, too, I feel I like. Nebraska a lot. Yeah, that'll be a fun. That would be a great one I'll to, to rewatch. Yeah, I loved that movie the, the first time I watched it. Yeah, that one's so, Bruce Dern mm -hmm. in, in Nebraska. Oh my god! But yeah, like this movie is just so good. Like and uh, yeah, like you said, definitely tough to watch, but also like doesn't overstay its welcome. Like it's it's like a cool two hours. It's it's sad. It's a it's got good jokes though. Like I love Sid. It's just like the comic relief. Yeah, <laughs> getting punched in the face by Robert Forrester. <laughs> he's so he's so good at this. I love him. But yeah, like there's just enough. There's just enough like 
to keep you in it, even if it is uh, a, a bit of a downer. I agree. And now Shailene Woodley is – she's been in the public eye, like, ever since this movie. Like, she went from this. She's, yeah. like, the Divergent series, Fault in Our Stars, and the Spectacular Now. I think... And now she's just on Big Little Lies. Like, she is – she's a star – I wish she would make bigger movies, better movies too. I think getting this movie was like a really big break for her and like probably changed the trajectory of her career. Cause like, otherwise I think she probably would have ended up like somebody like, I like who we talk about all the time, like Blake Lively, who like, I think she's just still very much trying to find that role where she's not her character in Gossip Girl. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think we're, it's funny you say that because when I think of Blake Lively, I think about how she was like, like, like this like sexy queen of New York on Gossip Girl, while Shailene Woodley's a lot more like kind of the girl next door, and somehow she's mm-hmm. been able oh, to yeah. like, even though like Shailene Woodley's like beautiful in her like in her own right, but yet somehow for some reason she always seems to get cast as like more able to like do other things. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, I guess I mean more. I, I feel bad for Blake Lively because she's kind of just like people are just like she's just a pretty yeah. face. But she's like a lot more than that, like, she's a good uh, actress. Yeah, but people only think of her for Gossip mm-hmm. Girl, and like that could have been very true of Shailene Woodley, where people are just like, "Oh yeah, she was on the American Teenager show." Yeah, but yeah. like she like hit pretty big with this, and then it was like that really changed everything. The other, the the one final thought with that is the other thing. There's Gossip Girl's a good show. And Secret Life of the American Teenager fucking sucks. So, she, yeah, that's true. That's she was a good able point. to erase that from her past. Well, I think they're rebooting Gossip Girl uh, for HBO Max. I think, but they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> people, people were ready to get rid of. That Secret sucks. Life. <laughs> I, I'm ready to stop watching it, but we still watch it. <laughs> but I was gonna say, but you've seen every episode. Oh yeah, we're, we're rewatching it right now. It's such like an easy show to throw on, like. <laughs> Every every plot is rehashed like nine times. Like a high school kid and a high school girl just had a just had a stillborn. Like the show is not meant oh, for no. the tone to get that dark, and and the acting's not great. Uh, but uh, and by you know what it is, by God, it does get that dark. It's got anyway. Molly Ringwald on there. Gotta love her. Oh, as long as Molly Ringwald's still got a job, then yeah, for, she's <laughs> always got a job between that and Riverdale. She's she's employed. Yeah. She's she's doing okay. Uh, speaking of doing okay, this movie had five nominations. It had one win. That's okay. Just okay. Uh, the the one win was for best adapted screenplay. Uh, it went to Alexander Payne and then Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who I believe went on to write like the way way back. Um, and so this was kind of a big moment for them. Uh, the other nominees here was john logan for hugo uh clooney and grant Heslov and Bo williman for the ides of march and then steve zalian and aaron sorkin with a story by stan chervin in moneyball and then bridget o'connor and peter Stro- strohan um for tinker taylor soldier spy i feel pretty good about them winning this for the descendants yeah i'm happy for them that's awesome i mean that's a tough that's a kind of a tough category. Good for them. That's a good win. Yeah, it was pretty stacked. I will say I do like Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. I think uh, 
I think that's a, a, a very good screenplay too, just because I read the book and I was like, how are you going to make a movie out of this? And I watched the movie and I was like, damn, they did it. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I, I either one time with my dad started Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy or Bridge of Spies. I don't know which one. And I was like, this sucks. So I like I left. But that was years ago. But I'll, I'll eventually rewatch both Tink- of them. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy is definitely one like you got to have a lot of patience. Might have been that. I was like, Tinker Tailor Soldier, yeah. new things. <laughs> it is slow. But I do like it. Well, how do you feel about Sorkin not uh, picking up a win for Moneyball? That's fine. I like Moneyball. I got lo- I love Moneyball, but I uh, I'm fine with that. Good. F- it's not. It's not the most like Sorkin-y movie anyway. So it's like, yeah, that's okay. True. I agree with that. Um, what's your number two, Wolf? My number two is Hugo. Hugo. Awesome. Let's talk about it. What do you have to say about Hugo? No expectations going into Hugo because I I knew it was a movie I always wanted to watch because it was an Oscar movie, but I just like wasn't. I don't. I don't know what I thought Hugo was, but it wasn't what it ended up being. And I just loved it. It was such a beautiful movie on the screen. I thought the plot was and the story was magical. I love. I love me a movie about movie making and the history of film. Uh, you could clearly see this movie cost a lot of money, and I think it looked the, I think yes, it looked true. the better for it. And I think the performance mm-hmm. from the kids were really good. Like Asa Butterfield was very good, and I I love me some Chloe Grace Moretz. I think she's still a really good actress. And once Amanda Seyfried wins her Oscar for Mank, I can take over as the agent for Chloe Grace Moretz because my God, yeah, there you go, a new agent. And I I just. <laughs> I really liked Hugo. It it, it kind of captured me and brought me into this world of this train station and everything going on in it. And I I love movies like that where you get like brought into like one little world and you are you get to know everybody in it and become a part of it. And like you just kind of felt like you were living it. Like I just wanted to go spend some time in, in like a train station back then. Yeah, I like. I feel like one thing that really adds to this too is like there's a lot about like just the people in the train station, like just kind of that, like work at the Mm -hmm. shops there. I feel like that's a thing where if it's not a Scorsese movie, all that like gets cut out. But then when you're watching it, you're like, Oh, that was a really nice touch. I like that. They left in like uh, the two people who have to get like the two older people who are flirting with each other. And then the one guy gets a dog because the other dog doesn't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, like I like that. I really that. like stuff like that. Like it just seems like a better time to have been alive. M- much more fun and yeah. I don't know. Just like a just like a better time. Big like, big time like Parisian nostalgia thing from from the Oscars here in the in this movie and then another one we're gonna talk about soon. But like yeah, I just like I also like just how much it like references old film. You know like with like his like dream of like the train coming crashing through or him like hanging from the clock. It's just like, that's so cool. I'm glad that they do it. Um, Did you like that it was shot in like 3d? I mean, I don't like that. Anything's been shot in 3d. Yeah. (laughs) I never liked 3d, but like, I feel like this would have been cool to see in 3d at least. Yeah. 
cooler than other yeah, it stuff. Yeah, looked cool, but I, I guess it was like kind of, I don't know. It just looked larger than life the whole time. Yeah. I, I will say, like, I bet something like that shot where you first see the train station that, like, pans all the way through mm-hmm. the train station, or, you know, like, there's a big camera move all the way through, like, that probably would have looked dope in 3D. Like, some of the other stuff in the movie maybe wouldn't have been necessary, but that would have looked really cool. I agree. It was just, like, it was a, it was a cool movie. I, I think I was always, like, scared to go into it. I figured it was going to be, like, this slow, boring, like, kids movie. And instead, it ended up being, like, a movie where there was yeah. like, more than enough for me to get plenty of enjoyment out of. And um, I just I think I would rewatch that movie. I think I would I would be willing to, like, dive myself back into that world for another two hours. I I really wonder like what a kid would think of that movie too because I think you and I like both like it because we're like oh this movie clearly like loves mm-hmm. movies you know like I would be like what is my kid gonna pick up on this <laughs> is your kid gonna be trained in the films of George Emilius <laughs> yeah yeah like my 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 child is gonna see uh, Ben Kingsley like. Just turns back to me and like that's George Melier. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna turn back to me and be like, I much preferred his performance in Iron Man three. <laughs> yeah, he sees the guy. He sees the guy uh, hanging off the clock, and he's like, I've always been a Harold Lloyd fan more than Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I do think though that that's like a. Because this at first feels like a very weird movie where you're like, that's a Martin Scorsese movie. But then you're like watching it and you're like, oh, he just loves all these movies and he just wants to reference all of them. And he's going to make a whole movie about that. So not here enough he goes. Rolling Stones to truly be a Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> True. I do like, though, how like random Martin Scorsese character, like people that always pop up in his movies, just like randomly show up. Like, uh, like, um, Ray Winstone just like shows up as as Hugo's oh, uncle, okay. and I'm just like, I'm waiting for him to like say the f word, and then he just but he's it's a kids movie, you know, like I'm waiting for him to be like get in that fucking tower and fix the cloaks. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Where would Jack that. Nicholson's like character from The Departed popping by? <laughs> you don't want to be a part of your environment, or you don't want to be a product of your environment. You want your environment to be a product of you. That's why you have to fix these clocks. Do you have any Oscars for us for Hugo? <laughs> I do. Speaking of Scorsese, uh, we're going to hone in on the best director. This got 11 nominations. It got five wins. A lot of technical stuff. Um, Scorsese did not win best director for this. Uh, Michael Hazanavicious, uh won for the artist. The other nominees were, of course, Scorsese. Alexander Payne for The Descendants, Woody Allen for Midnight in Paris, and Terrence Malick for The Tree of Life. Um, they literally went with the worst choice here. <laughs> I probably would have given it to Payne. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... So I feel like the film bros are probably like, Terrence Malick, it's got to be Terrence Malick. And, uh, uh, you know, like Scorsese heads would be like Scorsese... But Alexander Payne, I feel like, is genuinely doing some of his best work. Woody Allen, he's kind of just doing his thing. But I, I like that movie better than The Artist, so I would have uh, given it to that. Terrence Malick came out with a movie last year called A Hidden Life. 
and I saw that trailer mm-hmm. like, oh god, fifty five times, and I remember like seeing it, and I was like, you know what, like this looks like kind of like a good movie. Like I could definitely watch this. That movie is two hours and fifty four minutes. Like, <sighs> let me tell you what I'm never gonna watch. <laughs> In life. life. Uh, yeah, like Terrence Malick. So do you know? Do you know at all? Like what he like his like shooting style is like no, on I've, set. I have never seen a Terrence Malick movie in my life. So like he's notorious for like cutting people out of his movies who think that they're the main character, because basically like he'll write he'll write like some semblance of a script, but then like if he shows up on set and he just decides to do something different, he'll he'll do that. So, like, basically, like, I think it's Adrian Brody thinks that he thought that he was going to be the lead of his movie, The Thin Red Line. And if you watch the movie, like, I don't think he has more than, like, four lines in it. Because Terrence Malick just showed up and was like, I'm going to do my own thing. Fuck That's it. That's really weird. How do you do that? <laughs> I, I don't, you, you are a huge asshole to the crew and cast. That's well, how you do that. Rip. <laughs> You're just like... Sorry about your time. Sorry about any schedule you might have. We're just doing me. We're just doing me for months. <laughs> for months. <laughs> for months. It's a, it's about me. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, some people are like, wow, that's the best way he should have won. But I don't know. I don't like that. I would, I just like, as a film student who was on so many sets, where he was not mm. directing, I just know I would be like the guy working on the lights, and I would be like, "God, I'm so sick and tired <laughs> of this fucking guy shooting caterpillars." <laughs> like, like set up the lights on Brad Pitt over there, and he's in the trees right now. Like, I want to go home. <laughs> We're supposed to have lunch right now. <laughs> I definitely have to watch a Malik movie now. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, and it's it's uh, we'll we'll talk about tree of life i guess later on but yeah like you'll be like oh yeah this this would be the guy that would shoot like this what what is your number two (laughs) my number two is Moneyball, um which is your number one correct yeah we can just talk about it (laughs) yeah let's do Moneyball now um so Moneyball, starring brad pitt as billy bean the general manager of the a's um you know, I'm just going to keep it uh, uh, like short on this. Best sports movie of all time? Question mark. I think it's up there. I think I think it's a I think it's a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies ever. It's yeah. like I gave it like I gave it 5 stars a long time ago when I'd seen like 100 movies and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is great." And I was definitely nervous on the rewatch. I was like, "Is it going to still hold up for me now that I've seen 1200 movies?" And it's really good. It's a little long. I think yeah. there's things around. I think there's parts you could probably lose, but like for the most part, it's a great movie. I love them. I love Moneyball. I have nothing more to say. It is. It makes me like I'm not. I'm someone who is notorious for being like, hell yeah, baseball's back, and then not paying attention to it at all. But like this movie <laughs> was like, oh my god, like I just like I just want to be a baseball fan. Yeah. This movie definitely made me fire up out of the park baseball, and I was like, I can be a GM. <laughs> I'm gonna muddy ball it. <laughs> I, I think I'm just gonna become like 
I'm just gonna become Brad Pitt. Like I'm gonna be really into like everything about Cleveland. Like who's on the team? What are they hitting? What are their averages? But then I'll never. I'm not gonna watch a single game. Yeah, just know the stats. That's all you need to know. This this movie just like it it hums. You know, like there's like you said, there's maybe some stuff you could cut out. But honestly, like you just watch the movie and you're like, I fucking love that scene. You know, like. I love the scene where he's just going in and hounding the fucking scouts, you know? <laughs> like, yells at Jeremy Giambi in the locker room. I love room. the scene where he goes to the manager, where he goes to Phil Seymour Hoffman, and he's like, you're not going to have Jeremy Giambi tonight. He's like, why? And he's like, oh, Jeremy, come in. Yeah, you're cut. He's like, he's like, yeah, you got traded to the Tigers. Pack your bags. Here's a guy that can help you out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you can't play in the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, he's like... uh He's like, listen, uh, Art, you're not gonna, you're not gonna play Carlos Pena. <laughs> he's like, well, I have the final say here. We can go as many rounds as we want. And he's like, no, he's gone. Chris Pratt's the only first baseman on your roster. Good luck. I was looking <laughs> at uh, Carlos Pena's career stats. I think he might be one of the most overrated players in my lifetime. I feel like I always thought Carlos oh. Pena was like this fucking dude. He made an all-star team, and he, like, just didn't even remotely hit for average. He, as, as a Cubs fan, I am, I am well aware. Like, classic guy to, like, rock, like, 25 home runs, and you're like, yeah, he's a power hitter. But it's like, oh, yeah, you also, like, strike out as much as Adam Dunn, and you hit, like, 230. He, uh, <laughs> he, would, he would be a great player now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. People will be like, "What? He hits twenty-five home runs. <laughs> Plug him in." Oh, those Here are only hits. That's fine. He's not, <laughs> that's fine. Good, good outs. I feel like that's like kind of low key. Like a fun thing about this, though, too, is is like it's like kind of from a fun time in baseball where teams teams were paying like ridiculous amounts of money and like because baseball is like kind of boring now. They're not baseball has gotten like less entertaining. Like it was the way they portrayed in this movie because teams have kind of like figured it out, you know, like they're like, Oh, if this guy doesn't get on base, then like, fuck him, you know? But like, then it was, that was when they were like, yeah, I'm going to pay a absorbent amount of money for, you know, uh, Jason Giambi. Like, here we go. And then, you know, like, I think the movie is really entertaining because Billy Bean, they show him figuring out, how to play baseball in like a modern way, which is a little inaccurate because you're just like, well, you guys had one of the best starting pitching rotations ever, but like, it's not like a, a bad thing on the movie. The one thing that pisses me off about the movie is they like imply that the Indians just have like all this money that they can like do whatever they want. The Indians yeah. have no money. Like they, 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 <laughs> they are like, on a, not they they are not the athletics, but they are they are in a similar situation as the athletics of just having no money. Yeah, like you watch and you're you're just like, couldn't this at least be like the White Sox or somebody like that? At least just like a richer yeah, team. Like talk, talk to a real yeah. market, not Cleveland, where no one goes to the fucking games. You're, you're sitting there watching in 2020, and you're like, wait a minute, this team that is supposed to be like the rich team in Moneyball is getting ready to let go of their best player because they're just like, we can't pay yeah, him. But I was like, all right. And, and Mark Shapiro is like, good guy. Good guy, Mark Shapiro. Okay, got some good teams in Cleveland <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 
I think though that like none of this is like a pox on the movie. Like the movie itself is just really good at like being watchable. It makes the baseball scenes watchable. It does a really good job of like cutting in footage of the actual games with like filmed dramatized versions of the scenes, you know, and like it all fits pretty seamlessly. Um, and it doesn't feel uncanny. And like, yeah, you just, I, I just like, I couldn't imagine watching this movie with somebody and them not getting excited, like on like the trade deadline mm-hmm. scene or something, you know, like it's just so good at creating moments. I agree. I agree completely. Um, so the awards for this, it had six nominations, not a, not a single win, not one win uh, for this movie. As we said, nothing for Pitt in leading actor. And uh, Jonah Hill similarly did not win in supporting actor. It went to Christopher Plummer in Beginners. Um, and then the other nominees were Kenneth Branagh in My, My Week with Marilyn, um, Nick Nolte for Warrior, which like, wow, I can't believe that got nominated but he's awesome in it. And then Max von Sydow in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. What do you think about this category? Kenneth Ragnar's terrible in My Week with Marilyn. <laughs> he really is. It's Lawrence Olivier. He, he sucks. I, every time he's in, like, anytime he's doing anything, I'm normally out. Anytime he's directing a movie, I'm out. It's... You mean you're not a big uh, Murder on the Orient I tried. Express guy? I, I, I read the book. Book's real. The book is electric. So I tried watching that movie and I couldn't do it. Like it was, it just was so boring. I got, I got halfway and I was like, Agatha Christie's oh, yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. Love Agatha Christie books. Um, I've never seen yeah. Beginners. Kenneth Branagh. I don't it. know what Beginners is, but good for Christopher Plummer. Good for old man Plummer. It is, it is good. a really good movie. Um, it's Mike Mills, the director of uh, 21st oh. Century Women or 20th Century Women. Um, and Ewan McGregor and Melanie Laurent are in it. Um, yeah, it's really good. I really recommend it. It used to live on Netflix yeah. for forever. I, I don't know if it's gone it. or not, but like, if it's if it's there, I definitely would recommend watching it. I'm okay. I'm okay with Jonah Hill not winning, but also like, I feel like just a lot more people know know Jonah Hill's Is performance this in this. Like the first non like comedic role for Jonah Hill. I think so, yeah. Or this was the first, like, big one. Yeah. He, yeah, like, it seems weird that he didn't win because now everybody's just like, oh, Jonah Hill's going to do a, a dramatic role? Like, yeah, go for it, man. You know, like, they, people don't even blink twice. I like Jonah Hill a lot. I think he always adds something to a movie, and even his, like, directing debut, mid-'90s, is a movie that I really like. Yeah, he's like he's just genuinely like a good actor, like a good. I, I'm I'm glad that he like sort of continues to get more say in the movies that he does, and like be more of like a creative part because he's just a really talented I guy. I I really think he is too. I also think Nick Nolte being nominated for Warrior, I kind of love that. It's like a fun. Uh, sports movie as well. I I don't you don't under Nick Nolte's just I'm pretty sure he's like a drunk in the movie. Like you don't understand a damn word he's saying, but uh, he's pretty good. I like that movie. I, I, that's just Nick Nolte. I think I think he's just, I think he's just playing himself. <laughs> Between seeing him in Forty Eight Hours and Blue Chips, I think that's just who he is. <laughs> shouts, shouts to Nick Nolte. 
I, I love that he got nominated for that. Though. So I, think that's I love it. <laughs> Give it to Nick Nolte. He's up there like, all right, thank the Academy. It's like, did you just have a pack of cigarettes in the last minute? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is good? What is your voice? <laughs> um, should we move on to, to my number one here? Let's do it. Um, so my number one is Midnight in Paris, the Owen Wilson led Woody Allen movie. Um, where he basically goes back in time in Paris and he meets F. Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway and Pablo Picasso and Gertrude Stein and uh, um, falls in love with a French girl and then hijinks ensues. I just think this is a really funny movie and it's it's super quick. It's an hour and a half. It, it moves right along. Um, there's so many memorable scenes and like, you know, obviously, I think we have to say, like, Woody Allen's done really horrible things in his personal life, but um, I I like his movies, and this is one of the movies, one of my favorites of his movies, so it's my number one. I'm definitely not a huge Woody Allen guy, but I do like this movie, and I think it's enjoyable, and um, I, I do enjoy, like, the journey that Owen Wilson goes on throughout the movie and all the different people he meets, and... um but, like, I, like, definitely struggle to ever feel bad for Owen Wilson. Like, the man's, like, definitely doing fine. Yeah. Like, oh, man, like, oh, you can't get yeah. your book figured out? Fuck, just go write another script, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's like, damn, I'm rich, but I only make movies. Yeah, I yeah, wish like, I could write a book. Damn. You're like, I wish. And <laughs> I think that's, like, oh, sorry, go I, ahead. I, the, the moment that I realized that these people were just too rich for me to fully grasp what was going on was when they were dead serious about buying a $20,000 share. I know. Well, that's supposed yeah. to be ridiculous too, though. Cause like even Owen Wilson's sitting there like, what the fuck are we talking about? Like a $20,000 <laughs> chair? No. I, I was just like, they're so, these people are like loaded. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're, you're even contemplating this right now. <laughs> I think, yeah, like I think a, a, a knock on pretty much all Woody Allen movies is just very much like white people problems a lot of the time. Um, which yeah, that, that's this one too. Uh, where, but like, I do think it's it like is a really good movie because Owen Wilson takes some of like the annoyingness out of the Woody Allen character. That makes sense, like. Owen Wilson's just inherently a very likable guy. So you're just able to kind of listen to him complain and <laughs> it'd be a, a Debbie Downer about a lot of things. And he actually kind of has a lot of fun in this movie too. It's funny you say that because like one of my big things that I don't always like with the Woody Allen movie is like, I just want to like punch Woody Allen right across the jaw the whole time he's talking in a movie. Yeah, But I think Owen Wilson's definitely more likable he is still definitely like a Woody Allen stand-in, but I think the benefit with him is Rachel McAdams. Like, you just fucking hate her. So, like, you feel bad for Owen yeah. Wilson, unlike with a movie like Annie Hall, where, like, Diane Keaton's just, like, the best. <laughs> yeah, you're like, how can he not yeah. see that she's amazing? Which, that's kind of the... It's kind of a part of that movie, but still, like, 
And this too, like you're also sitting there and you actively are rooting for Owen Wilson when like Michael Sheen comes on screen and you're like, this guy's the fucking worst. <laughs> yeah, like I think it just makes like I just definitely it it made it more palatable for me to like sit there and hang out with Owen Wilson. I was like, I like Owen Wilson. Dies a little dies a little too early now yeah. to get him, but I like Owen Wilson. The um plus there's just like there's some scenes where it's even like even if it was or was not a Woody Allen like stand in it would just be like a fun scene like watching any any Hemingway scene is just awesome or like the Salvador Dali scene I, I love that where it's just like <laughs> you uh, you have a it's a rhinoceros and there's a deer and in the deer the Christ face <laughs> so good from Adrian Brody good little I love it love, I love Adrian Brody he uh he just he, he just won an Oscar and now does whatever he wants He's like, I'm just going to pop into this movie for literally one scene and I'm just going to flex on everybody. It's like it's like the Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street yeah, performance. It really is. It's a good Kathy Bates performance too. I, I like Marion Cotier. Cotier. I don't know how you say it. Um, yeah. And I like the girl from Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Good to see her make, make a couple good movies in 2011. The the girl that he ends up marrying. I don't know. Yeah, name. exactly. I don't know. Or I don't I guess they don't get married. I... Leah yeah. Leah they do. Yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> I think I think that's how you say your name. I'm not good with French. I I I I do like how the uh like the movie kind of reveals itself to to Owen Wilson where it's like Kathy Bates is just like I don't see how the character in your book would not uh, break off this engagement with his wife. And then Owen Wilson's like, oh, oh wow. wow. And then, like, I, I know wow. the first time. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> I, I have one, one, like, one question. Like, what do you actually think yes. he was doing? all this time like was he actually going back in time was he just like having like a major acid trip like what was happening here i feel like i feel like he had to actually have been going back in time because there's the thing with the private investigator mm-hmm, that's following him and then they cut to him at the end and he's in like he's, he's in like you know french revolution era france <laughs> they like chase him out of the out of versailles that, la- that scene so with funny. that, I feel like, was like... It probably wasn't, but I feel like it was like an ode to Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Could you just imagine, like, Woody Allen on set just being like, I just... I really I really love Westworld. We need a, we need a Westworld scene in here. Can you imagine we Woody need a Allen Westworld scene. in Westworld? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woody Allen's like in there and he's like, there's germs everywhere. Where's all, what is all this dust? I hate all this dust. Now you're telling me I have to wear chaps? I'm not going to wear chaps. I don't want to just go back to New York. Be awesome. That'd be a horrible movie, but it'd be hilarious. (laughs) Nobody would watch that movie. I'd be like rooting for like the robots. You're like kill him, you're probably kill like him, Yul Brynner. He'd be trying, probably trying to like have sex with one of them, like the guys doing Westworld. But then he like wouldn't be able to like perform. He would just talk to the robot the whole time. 
He's talking about like the Warren Commission to one of like the the, the, the sex robots. <laughs> Fucking god! Uh, speaking of Woody Allen, he won uh, best original screenplay for this. It was the only win from their four nominations. The other nominees uh, were, I guess I said his name wrong before. Michelle has has a Navicious for uh, the artist. Uh, Annie Mumolo and Kristen Wiig for Bridesmaids. J.C. Chandor of, of Triple Frontier fame, fame for Margin Call. And then Oscar Farhadi for A Separation. I kind of oh, liked yeah. that this think, one. I, I've um, never really seen a lot of these other lie. movies, but I think that's totally fine. It's a good screenplay. The Artist was apparently only like 42 pages. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Just all description. I, I think, like, I think it's way better. Uh, okay, like, obviously, I, I'm sure a lot of people just don't want Woody Allen to win an Oscar, which, like, yeah, that's fair. But, like, um, I think if you are going to give him an Oscar for anything, it's way better to give him for screenwriting as opposed to directing. Because there's not, like, a lot of flair in his mm-hmm. direction, you know? Like, he kind of just, like, he just kind of lets people cook with his script. So I'm glad that they were just like, yeah, I agree. you wrote a good script. I need to watch That's what we Call. like. I feel like I'd fucking love this movie. Yeah. I just, just the bona fides of him writing and directing or him directing Triple Frontier. I just want to see it. Like, this sounds awesome. <laughs> it's got a great cast too. Oh boy. Well, Kevin Spacey action. Great guy. Great man. Great character. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Oh yeah. Oh, Pam Badgley? Fuck yeah. Kevin Spacey. Some Tooch. You got the the, the Tooch? Oh, Stanley Tucci. Good. I hope he's like all in his Hunger Games gear. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Stanley Tucci in his Hunger Games gear. <laughs> in, in margin awesome. call. Oh my Should god. Can we make our final <laughs> list? Let's do it. I think, okay, I think the easiest place to start is mm-hmm. the artist at five. Where was Hugo so we'll on throw your that list? in there. Oh. Hugo was four on my list. What if we did Hugo three and the Descendants four? Where was Descendants on your list? It was. Right. I think it was three okay, on both of ours, right? Okay. Descendants at four and Hugo at three. I think we can go Midnight in Paris and then Moneyball at one. I think that kind of makes sense. So you wanna you wanna go through our Five list here? Our, the show's the list. Artist, the, the descendants, Hugo, Midnight in Paris, and Moneyball. I feel good about our show's list. Uh, I think we cut I through a lot of the right shit list. from this year. Um, not mentioned, we're extremely loud and incredibly close. Uh, you skipped it, and this is a perfectly skippable movie. It's our boy Stephen Daldry at it again. And uh, yeah, my girlfriend and I started watching The Crown, like and every time Stephen Daldry's directing it, I give it a middle finger. I'm like, "Fuck this guy! <laughs> Fucking hate this guy!" <laughs> You're like, 
it's it's like he's like out to just bore me for to like make it's like he's like what how can i make the next two hours of your life the longest two hours yet i think that's he, how he goes into a movie sure. for me <laughs> um also not mentioned the help uh yeah our, our girl viola is in this um but yeah this is not a good movie i don't like the help either there's a there's a a there's a reveal where somebody eats poop about about an hour and a half into the movie and um the next 45 minutes of the movie are just them making jokes about pe- some of this person eating poop and i'm like okay it was funny the first time <laughs> i don't need 45 minutes out um, of this i'm sorry i just don't take it sounds like yeah as, I, honestly, it kind of is, I think, because people on, on Letterboxd were like, I love the, the pie-eating shit scene. And I'm like, yeah, but we're just like, the movie like wants you to love it so bad. Like You're like, four, you're like 15 minutes to the resolution. And they're like, remember when this character ate shit? And I'm like, I, God, I did. <laughs> like, I just watched it happen. Like, please, please, Christ. It spends just way too much time on the white people. That's the main thing. Too much time on the white Who people. Who doesn't love a white person, though? <laughs> yeah, they really do. The Academy loves white people, that's for sure. Um, uh, the Tree of Life, so, so pretentious. Like, really well made. So fucking pretentious, though. And super long, like two and a half hours. Just why? And um, so I, I texted you when this happened. Like, I got about 15 minutes in, and then Terrence Malick was like, I know we've just been shooting, like, a domestic drama here for a little bit, but, like, time to fucking fire up the birth of the universe. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's what you're dealing with here <laughs> in, the, in the Tree of Life. So I know it's, like, a film Twitter favorite, though. Yeah, I had, a, I had a theater professor like, has anyone ever seen Tree of Life? And like one person had, and he was like, that's a great movie. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, nice. It's a big, like, do it for the shots movie. Yeah, you like, it just looks amazing. <laughs> uh, we'll move on from that. War Horse, uh, completely forgettable Steven Spielberg movie. But it's fine. It's not bad. Um, do you have any other movies from 2011 you want to uh, mention? Drive came out in 2011. A really great Ryan Gosling movie. Yes, sir. Um, one of the best horror movies ever, I think, in Cabin in the Woods. I love, love Cabin in the Woods. So good. So and funny. So, so funny, too. One of my first horror movies I ever saw, and I just loved I loved it ever since. Um, in Time came out. Uh, not a very good movie. But a little, a cool sci-fi movie, I think, at at its best. I, I could, yeah, I could rewatchable movie too. Fun to watch again. Uh, Sucker Punch came out, which is more or less a <laughs> hour and forty-five minute music video from Zack Snyder. Uh, very true. Very Rango true. came out, which I think is like an actually very good um, animated movie starring Johnny Depp. Uh, Limitless came out, which is have you seen Limitless? It's a cool movie. Oh yeah, I think that's like one of the all-time like cool ass premise yes. movies ever. 
Like you're just like, yes, that's right. I do want to see a fucking movie it's with fun. this premise. It's a that lot of fun. So cool. cool movie. Good Bradley Cooper. And finally, The Roommate came out. Are you familiar with The Roommate? Uh, is that uh is it's it's like single white female, yeah, it's but it's, it's fucking updated. Awful. It's it's for... uh, <laughs> uh what's her name. I just want to call her Blair Waldorf. I can't think of her name. Leighton so, Meester. Leighton. Yeah. Leighton Meester. Movie. Great movie. Really yeah. bad. But you know me. I'm always down to mention at least one or two terrible movies when I do one of these things. Hey, you got we got to give a full a full what look come at the out whole year. You know for you. Um, so that there's a uh, a few like ones that just were not represented here. Like, uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Just a really great movie. So good. Um, I I'm actually shocked it didn't. Maybe it's too dark for the Oscars. I'm shocked it didn't get any Oscar love at all. Um, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. As I mentioned before, I enjoy that. Bernie, uh, the Richard Linklater movie starring Jack Black. Actually, really good. This feel like super underseen, but really well done. Um, Contagion, the now uh, <laughs> like too realistic movie. Uh, <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene, which uh, has some good John Hawks. If you enjoyed him in Winter's Bone, uh, check that one out. Um, another Scorsese bestowed us with two movies in 2011 because he also came out with George Harrison living in a material world. Uh, really good music doc. George Harrison's also my favorite Beatle. This is kind of made for me. And also you're next. Uh, like a, a horror movie. I actually like seeked out and really enjoyed. Um, really good movie. And that came out this year as well. There's, oh, yeah. there's a lot of good movies this year. Like neither of us mentioned X-Men First Class, which I think is one of the better X-Men movies. Bridesmaids. Adventures of Tintin, I thought was solid. Good movie. 50-50. Mission Impossible yeah. Bros. Ghost Protocol. Um, yeah, just a, just a really solid... It feels like a really solid year for like popular movies, if that I makes agree. sense. I agree. It's a fun year. Oh, Girl with... Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as well. We we had to mention our boy Fincher. I'm being perfectly honest. Honestly, like, that's one where I kind of can't believe that more people have, haven't have seen it. But I also understand. But, like, I actually think I that's a really solid that's, Fincher that's, movie. Uh, that's one I'm interested in. There's, like, there's one scene that I will never not forget. Or that I will never forget because it um, it makes a seemingly innocent song mm-hmm. like incredibly scary. <laughs> and I'll have to watch that. That's eventually. what I'll leave it at. Um, yeah, de- like hundred percent, definitely recommend. <laughs> right. Hopefully, it comes to Netflix or something. Um, we're gonna watch. You want to tell the folks Mank what we're doing next week? Coming to Netflix this Friday. Oh yeah, and we're gonna talk all about it. It's gonna be awesome. It's going to be a great time. I'm so excited. I'm so ready to go to listen to the Big Picture podcast on in the lead up to Mank. As you said, I'm going to probably watch it Thursday night as it hits the service. It'll be and, fun. Uh, It'll be a good pod be more for jacked. sure. 
Um, Wolf, you got two minutes on uh, Precious? Um, best movie ever made. I think it's the Citizen Kane of, like, our generation. Um, I 100% agree. We, we, we never give it enough credit, and uh, it has to be mentioned on every show, but especially Monique. I think the one thing best that, actress Mank, of all that time. Citizen Kane has that, like, Precious definitely doesn't have is, like, there's, there's like, so many <laughs> issues with who wrote Citizen Kane, while Precious, you just know it's based off the novel pushed by Sapphire. Very true. And, I mean, let's just say this now. Only one movie has uh, a moment where a, a bird loudly squawks in order to wake people up. And it, it's not precious. So, you know, if that's your barometer of what's a good movie is, and what's a bad movie, I think, is I think it's clear. Is really just the TV that Monique threw at Gabor instead of paint? The TV's name was Rosebud. I think never. I just want to rewatch scenes from that movie. I never want to put myself through the movie ever again. But I just want to like (laughs) rewatch moments. Uh, I would re. I I would have the TV scene on the loop. (laughs) Monique just yelling at like uh, um. Uh, a mentally challenged child just like screaming at it about like random things of just like oh god get, get me out get out get me out <laughs> just her crying in Mariah Carey's office good good movie oh. good movie <laughs> just good movie good movie full stop <laughs> I think we'll leave it at that. We'll- See y'all for me.